Welcome to the Med Street Journal. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Med Street Journal podcast. I am your host, Rodney Hood. Today, I'm joined by the Open Loop team, the founders, John Lensing, and Christian Williams. And we also have another Curtis member, team member, Curtis Olson, who's here to share some insights with us as well. And so New Year 2021, we kind of wanted to regroup and create an episode to uh, one, say thank you guys to all the listeners who's given us feedback and gave us support for 2020 and um, really gave us momentum with this podcast and the content that we've been creating. Um, do a little recap on both the podcast and Open Loop as a company and also share with you guys the goals for 2021 regarding the podcast and the company. Um, so I'll get it started before I throw it over to John, just to kind of give a recap on Med Street Journal, what you guys are listening to. Um, to date, we launched back in what, I think like July, August, 2020? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, sometime in summer, 2020. But we have about 20 episodes published and over 600 downloads. And keep in mind, that's with no paid advertising, all organic, all just focused around putting valuable content into the community. And I feel like the numbers that we got is actually really good for kind of what we've been producing and how we've been going about it. And so we've, I've learned a lot interviewing all these guests and just creating and building more relationships within the healthcare community. Our goal is just to provide value, provide valuable content and provide value as a company back into the healthcare community. And so definitely learned a lot, but I want to throw it over to John to kind of do a recap of uh, Open Loop as a CEO, kind of uh, share some milestones that we hit and stuff like that. So John, go ahead and take it away. Yeah, thanks Rodney. And I did not know that we were not paying any advertising for the podcast. I guess we should start throwing some dollars out and see what happens in 2021. See how big we can actually grow it. A uh, little bit more on Open Loop as a company. I am joined with Christian, our COO and co-founder, as well as Curtis Olson, our CTO. They'll give uh, some insight on their own perspective departments and regions. But from a very high level, Open Loop, this has been the first year in business. We launched back in 20, uh, January of 2020 with our beta test. And the very first initial version of our product, we had partnered with four hospitals, 80 physicians, we're beta testing all of Q1. And then as soon as the pandemic hit in Q2, we launched nationwide, tried to scale very, very quickly. I would say there's some learning experiences housed within that, but we went from four partner hospitals to 26 across 14 states. We jumped from 80 physicians to 1,000 nationwide, and we made quite a few matches during that time. The big thing for us, though, the big learning experience that came through the pandemic was a pivot for open loop. So instead of just supplying clinicians into hospitals and healthcare systems, that market took a backseat. A lot of hospital revenue dried up because the pandemic shut down their high dollar clinics and their specialty surgeries. And so as a company, open loop, we had to iterate and decide what we're going to do next. We're going to go heads down and build product during that time, waiting for the hospital market to rebound. Or as early stage as we were, did we have time to be agile and, and find a different path? And so we chose to find a different path and we found that within telehealth with 
the pandemic, telehealth has increased in acceleration adoption by about eight to ten thousand percent. And so we moved very heavily into that space by supplying clinicians to telehealth companies that were seeing significant growth. And so that's a space we've been operating in now since late Q3, and it's driven about 80% of our revenue. That being said, just looking back on the past 12 months, we were beta testing Q1. We were on a freemium type service for Q2 and then revenue generating since Q3. So we've been post revenue now for close to six months. From a fundraising standpoint, we did raise our first initial round of financing. We did a $500,000 round that we completed in February from local angel investors. And that set us up very well, allowed us to achieve our initial client and customer base and set us up well now to raise our seed round, which is coming to a close here within the next week or so. And we are raising two and a half million dollars, both a mix of private angel uh, capital as well as venture capital. As we move into, actually, I'm going to toss it over to Christian. Christian, take it away. Yeah, so um, looking at the clients who we're looking for, like John was talking about, moved not away from hospitals, but really focusing in on building for telehealth companies, doing things to bring healthcare to people in underserved populations, um, unique practice areas like chronic care management that uh, can be done effectively in the home. So landing new clients, building direct to consumer solutions with uh, really innovative models of care delivery. So we are becoming the engine powering several different brands um, looking to get into the wearable space, uh, extending service lines for telemedicine companies that already have some form of operation and then being the full clinical arm for these new and emerging startups who have patient demand, but not the clinicians ready to serve and meet those patient visits. So excited to see all the new clients that we're launching with here at the beginning of the year, how big they grow through 2021 with us. Um, and then really creating ways for our clinicians to do more work in the industry. So a lot of Red tape and telemedicine has been eliminated through the pandemic. Some of that's gonna stay, some of that's gonna go back. So that's everything from license waivers um, to specific types of practice waivers, depending on the level you're at, be it a physician, a nurse, and, or advanced practice provider. Uh, and what we're doing is creating a transparent way for all of those clinicians to engage in contract work within telemedicine uh, and ultimately connect with patients. So. There's a lot of different opportunities that can be can be powered through the open loop platform. Uh, so if you look at us like a Shopify solution, we're creating a one-stop shop to get everything you need to build your digital health solution. And that's what's really got me excited for 2021, tracking how many patient visits we can power. Like John mentioned, we're already um, staffing an incredible amount of shifts uh, within nursing and now coming up very shortly physician services um, in a bunch of different clients. So, you know, when you're looking at the world of telemed and the world of clinician recruitment, especially clin clinician recruitment combined with credentialing, 
um, we're making things happen that without the open loop service uh, and software wouldn't be possible. So that's what I'm excited about this year. On the team side, just added a wonderful product owner, new full stack engineer. We're growing in Des Moines, Iowa. So shout out to Iowa and anyone in the Midwest looking to build new things. Um, would love to connect. You can find our information, I'm sure, in the show, no show notes. Uh, as John mentioned, closing our seed round now. And with that comes uh, finding the right team who wants to help bring our vision to life. Uh, so, John, if you want to talk a little bit about vision and then maybe we can go to Curtis for some tech. Yeah, absolutely. So as a company, we started very early on trying to figure out what we wanted to accomplish as a company. And within that space, we decided that patients always come first. It's a motto of all of medicine, and it's something that really resonated with us. And so our overall vision is to bring healing anywhere. Patients shouldn't have to drive to hospitals four to five hours out of their way because their local one closed. They should be able to get the comfort and care that they need within their own homes or close by to their homes. So healing anywhere is our driving North Star. When we actually dig down into the mission of what we're trying to accomplish, it's really to accelerate the delivery of medical services so that we can improve community health outcomes. And so Christian touched on how we are going to accomplish this in 2021. We started very basic with matching clinicians and their part-time availabilities into open shifts at hospitals and clinics and now telehealth companies. Taking this another step farther, we can do this across other verticals within healthcare this new year, and then add additional components like revenue cycle management, a lot of these things to streamline the placement of clinicians as well as get the care directly to um, the patients that they're seeing. So a lot of exciting things coming up, additional service lines and features that I'll let Curtis talk about here right now. Yeah, thanks, John. So yeah, one of the interesting aspects of um, you know healthcare in general, but telemedicine specifically is you know, there are a lot of kind of mundane bureaucratic processes that need to happen in order to uh, make placements and and find matches. And so, you know, we're using a very modern tech stack and modern technologies to kind of automate these processes wherever we can and, and provide more efficiency in uh, both finding matches, but also uh, placing matches once we've discovered them. Um, so, you know, that's been a, a really interesting challenge to face, um, especially around the areas of you know, document collection and verification and credentialing, which are a, a few things we're yet to tackle. Um, but looking forward to it, it's it's going to be something that I think really sets us apart from our competition and and makes us you know a bit more useful and a bit more efficient. Awesome, yeah. thanks, Curtis. Rodney, you want to talk about the goals that you have specifically for our podcast? Yeah, sure. So as you can see, these guys are focusing on some pretty high level stuff relating to healthcare and how they're trying to pretty much change the healthcare industry. Like John said, bring in healing anywhere. And it's my job to really amplify the message of what they are trying to do and continue to bring value through the content that we create and through this podcast, that's one of the distribution platforms that we've developed. And one of my goals 
numbers wise is obviously past that 1000 download mark, um, but really hit that 5000 download mark um, from a number standpoint, but from a content standpoint, I really just want to create content that people are interested in. A lot of the interviews that I've done last year was around topics that I felt were related to open loop and that I felt could be valuable to other healthcare professionals. But I'm definitely interested in continuing to get feedback from our audience, you guys, the listeners, what is it that you guys want to hear? Um, what do you guys like? What do you guys dislike? And how can we continue to improve on what we're doing? Um, at the end of the day, like I said, it's all about providing value. And um, I feel like that's what we're doing. And Christian had mentioned something before we actually recorded is that one of our goals with this podcast is to one, bring awareness to the physicians on kind of what's out there, you know, and kind of attract them, but also attract new, new teammates, new people on board. And that's what they've been doing. They've been adding more teammates to the, to open loop really. But I actually did have a question for you guys, since we are growing, since we are expanding, whether it's through the open loop side or the podcasting side, what kind of people would be a good fit for open loop? Like who would be, yeah, who would be sure. a good fit? Thanks, Ronnie. Um, yeah. So we've been really lucky with the teammates that, that we're bringing on. And I think that John and I both share this opinion, which is we're looking for people who are interesting, <laughs> which is the we're working together towards the, our vision of healing anywhere. And because we have such a big mission, we know it's not going to be an overnight or an immediate turnaround that we have to have uh, a team in place that can be in it for the long haul. And part of that is being surrounded with people um, who like each other, who can be interested in each other, um, who are really mission oriented and have some success in previous roles that can extrapolate that into this, like Curtis mentioned, sort of confusing bureaucratic world of healthcare. And there's a lot being done in the world of telemedicine to change that. At the end of the day, if you look at it, all we're trying to do is put patients with a clinician, a doctor, a nurse, uh, advanced practice provider. And in the world of so much AI, robotics, and other service delivery mechanisms, which are part of the solution. A big component of the solution is the human connection and someone who's going to be there to assess your needs as a patient and walk you through the in almost infinite options in medicine in terms of treatment. Um, so I, I, I'll let John talk a little bit about the clinical side uh, and maybe some of the trends that he's seeing that are interested in healthcare, but, you know, just talking from an, a recent example, we have, uh, yeah, you know what, just, I want John to cover from, not that we talk about it a lot, but John is a doctor, graduated med school and started the company because he saw a need in the industry. So John, if you want to talk a little bit about why, you have chosen to direct the company into the world of telemedicine, what that means for clinical outcomes. Perhaps that's a good way to identify the teammates that we're looking to attract as well uh, and help build what we're 
setting out to do this year. Yeah, no, it's a great point. Just thinking back to my own experiences when I was practicing medicine, my father is also a physician here in rural Iowa where we're located. And through our mutual experiences, we were seeing patients drive four to five hours one way just to get the care they needed. And so when they finally got to us, they would be sicker. They required more surgical and pharmaceutical interventions. It was a financial and health burden on that patient. It was a financial burden on the health system as a whole. And so it ends up costing that patient a lot more money just to get the care they needed and is it provides a massive um, burden on that patient's life. And so for us, it became a question then of how do we get these patients the care that they need when they need it? And so when we originally started, hyper-focused on that hospital market, matching clinicians into those rural open hospitals. Um, that was our initial focus. What we found though with this pandemic and the acceleration of telemedicine is that we can do this virtually now. We can enable patients to be seen when they need to be seen. So a lot more preventative medicine rather than reactionary medicine, which is what traditional hospital systems are accustomed to and what patients are accustomed to. But now that we've really revolutionized medicine over the course of eight months through this pandemic, we can plug these patients into general practitioners so they can get all of their chronic disease management. We can plug them in with specialists so they can get that kind of care that they need for their diabetes or their heart failure. And we can monitor these patients remotely, all without them having to leave the comfort of their own home. And so that is a huge value at these patients. It drives better health outcomes. It helps promote healthier living. We can place health coaches with these patients. And so it really opens up an entirely different aspect of medicine that we are just not used to seeing. Hospitals have always been a place or, or um, the majority of hospitals have already been a place of reactionary medicine. And now we're taking a step back, reevaluating how medicine is performed and taking a more preventative approach, which is ultimately a value-based outcome measure that we're trying to achieve. Oh, okay. And I, before we jump over, um, Curtis, if you can talk like from a technical perspective uh, in looking at the market with your previous experience in healthcare and, and building things within the blockchain industry, um, if you could just speak a little bit about like technical skill sets we're looking for uh, that really enable us to get to our vision faster. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, uh, first and foremost, we are looking for engineers, software engineers, um, full stack ideally, but uh, we're open to pretty much any background or, or engineering discipline there. Um, you know, ideally we're looking for self-starters, people who, um, you know, we're, we're a small startup. And so we need people who will recognize and fill gaps where they see them. And, you know, our, our stack is, uh, not to get too granular, but our stack is Node and JavaScript. And so, you know, anybody with Node experience is definitely welcome to apply, um, even if you don't have Node experience, but you have a, a strong, you know, foundational engineering background, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, it's a Node background with, or Node backend with uh, React front end, and it's, you know, kind of the, the leading stack in the industry right now. So uh, we want animals on the team. 
Yes, animals is the term we like animals. to use internally. <laughs> people, people that don't know anything but have a desire and a willingness to learn, those are the kind of people we love. Um, highly motivated, like, like Christian and Curtis both said. And just fun to be around. We're a small, we're a small young team and, and having other like-minded individuals um, that just have an internal desire and drive to do something that makes an impact. Those are the kind of people we want to work with. Awesome. Awesome. And then from a team size, we've grown pretty significantly in a year. We went from Christian and myself in January to, do we have 10 full-time people now? Yep. 10 as of 10 today uh, with the offer we just extended uh, headcount set to double here in the next six months. So um, pretty aggressive growth plan. Uh, hiring the right people is you hear it a lot in startup world in any world. Um, it all starts with the people. You can't do anything without it. We're very fortunate that we're in an industry where we're doing something that directly um, creates positive impacts in patient lives. So fortunate that we're always able to tie it back to that mission. Uh, very happy with the team that we've assembled and, and just looking um, not to turn this into a giant recruiting call, but uh, it is top of mind for us, especially as our seed round closes. Okay. You talk about all the mistakes that we've made within hiring so far. <laughs> we learned. I think it was always an opportunity for growth. Um, yeah, we we learned. We we didn't listen to a lot of people. We hired fast and we suffered from it early on. But now we are in a sweet spot where our full team wants to be here and we want them here. And that reminds me of a quote that goes like, if you want to go fast go alone, if you want to go far, go together. And it's interesting you had brought up like your, I guess, learning curve in the beginning, but now I feel like you guys got all the pieces of the puzzle. You guys have a game plan. You guys got a vision and we're doing it very strategically, very systematically and to help propel our growth. So excited to be part of it too. <laughs> that yeah um absolutely but, thanks rodney no problem no problem but before we go i have a challenge either for all you guys or for one of you guys to describe open loop in one sentence go rodney you have no idea how many sentences we've said and iterated on in the last year um <laughs> so john this one's all you and i bought you some time um you're welcome oh. There's so, there's so many that I want to use though. This one sentence is just not enough. Open Loop is a fractional clinician marketplace that matches clinicians with open shifts at hospitals, clinics, and telehealth companies. And then even shorter, Open Loop is powering patient visits. Period. So, I mean, in any of those locations, John just mentioned. Um, with our organization, we're able to utilize some economies of scale, utilize some not shortcuts through bureaucracy, but because of some legal structures we have in place, as well as some internal processes that we have, able to navigate the misty waters of credentialing within telemedicine and ultimately just put patients with clinicians.
Awesome. Okay, okay. It's a good way to end it. It's a good way to end today's episode. Um, so yeah, thank you everybody again for jumping on, kind of giving an update on Open Loop. And thanks again to all the listeners out there who've been supporting us. Um, you have our word that we're going to continue to give back, continue to keep hustling, continue to grow and provide value to you, the healthcare industry. Um, so with that being said, does anybody got anything else before we jump off? I think that's it. All Excited right. to do this again. All righty, catch you guys on the next one. See you, Ronnie.